Hey everyone, welcome into this end zone edition of the WTOC Sports Podcast. Jake Wallace, Lindsey Goff with you on this beautiful Thursday afternoon. A couple games tonight, a slate of games tomorrow. Not a full slate, not a ton of games, I think, Lindsey, that really pop off the page, but a few that I think are, are going to be entertaining and, and have some eyes on them. Uh, but before we get into that, I think, Lindsey, we do need to get into the big news that broke yesterday and uh, ended up canceling. One of those games we were really looking forward to, Hilton Head at May River, the Hilton Head Island High School varsity football team quarantined for two weeks. Uh, that, you know, because of a positive test um, for a player, that info coming from a letter the school sent to parents on Wednesday. And so what does that mean for the Seahawks, Lindsay? It means games at May River this Friday night and their game, their home game against Beaufort next week are now off. And obviously that's a big blow because those were two games that uh, we were really looking forward to. Yeah, and Hilton Head had a thin schedule anyway. They started later than everybody else because of COVID. Um, so this isn't the first time that they've had to deal with this. And it's not just the football program. It's the school um, in general. And, you know, football players are exposed to other students and vice versa. Um so that certainly puts a damper on Hilton Head's season. They had less games than everybody to start with, and the SCHSL is playing a pretty short season anyway. So for them to lose two more games, um, you know, in the scheme of things, obviously health and safety have to come first, um, but certainly a blow to their football season as well. Right, and and listen, we're, we're a podcast that talks about high school football, so we're, we're not going to get into this that, you know, that this is not a bad thing that health and safety don't come first, but we, we cover high school football. So we're going to right. I just feel like football. I have to add that disclaimer yeah. <laughs> and, and the ramifications of it. And those ramifications you mentioned, you know, Hillhead's now going to lose four of the seven games that they had on their schedule. They're only going to play three games as scheduled. And most of those, all of those are, are region games. And so what is this going to do for, state playoff seating. The reason that these games can't be made up for the most part is because it just doesn't work with the schedule. And so what we're looking at now is having a Hilton Head team with only a couple games in region, not playing some region opponents, and we have to use the region standings for state playoff seating. So we've been told that the region's athletic directors plan to meet soon, probably next week, to figure out how they're going to shake all this out. Um, but in terms of this week, it means Hilton Head at May River, a game that we were really looking forward to for the region implications of it, is now off and is probably not going to be made up. Yeah, and it's worth noting the games that Hilton Head had played, they've won. They're 2-0. and um, So you have to give them some kind of credit there. It'll be interesting to see what kind of decision is made. I mean, I'm sure it's a, it's a tough position for everybody involved and it's unprecedented. I know we've used that term so many times this year. It, it is unprecedented though. Um, you know, we've had to cancel games and move games around for hurricane season and weather, but never something like this where the health of players is in jeopardy and the fact that, you know, making a mop isn't really going to work out and you started late and there's just not as many makeup days. So it, it just really complicates everything, and um, I'm thankful I'm not one of those 80s because it's going to be difficult, I think. Yeah, and it's certainly a decision that we'll continue to follow and, and bring you the latest and, and try to make sense of it as um, 
this is football. This is high school football in the COVID era. Um, there, there's going to be some situations we just haven't seen before, we haven't dealt with before, and we're dealing with this year. So we'll continue to follow uh, that story and that case as, as it moves forward here in the next few weeks and what it means as we get closer and closer to the state playoffs. As for now, some of the games, wanna, Oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I do no. want to note also, um, out of all the games I've been to this season, I think that Hilton Head, when I was there last week, like their fans were taking the most precautions out of anybody I'd really seen. Almost all of them had masks. They were really spread out and socially distanced. Like I think Hilton Head has probably done one of the better jobs of that uh, this season. So I do want to give them kudos. I know they've had some troubles um, and I'm not saying it does or doesn't stem from the football program, but I do think they are taking the precautions that they can. So I did just want to note that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a point that, that should be made. So as for games that we are going to have played on Friday night, including our game of the week, it's Richmond Hill at Effingham County. And, uh, Lindsay, both teams enter this one unbeaten in region play. It's a rivalry, but it hasn't really been played a whole lot in history. This is kind of one of these area rivalries that you think about in terms of these two teams don't really like each other that much, but it's only been played ten times in history. Effingham's won eight of those times, though. Richmond Hill beat up on the Rebels a year ago. This Wildcat team enters the game as the region favorites. They've been the region favorites all year. They're going to be favored to win this game and probably probably pretty handedly. But I think the thing that's interesting here, Lindsay, is if Effingham can, can pull the upset at home, get a win over this Wildcat team, that's really going to throw this region title race into complete upheaval with three, four weeks left to play in the season. Yeah, Effingham County's kind of gone under the radar this season, and we've talked a lot about Richmond Hill. They've been our one of the teams playing in our game of the week earlier this season. Um, I think Effingham County's kind of gone under the radar, and they could really make a statement on Friday night. Yeah, and you know what you're going to get out of this Richmond Hill team. They're not. They're going to try to beat you with their offensive line. They're going to try to beat you with their defensive line, and it's it's done well. I mean, you got a guy like Ashad Robertson who's rushed for about six yards a carry over nearly 140 yards a game. He's got six, nine touchdowns uh, so far this year. He's been over 100 yards every game this season. So the Rebels know what they're going to get out of the Wildcats. It's just going to be a matter of if they can stop it. That's what we're going to be watching for Friday night in Springfield in our game of the week. Another game that I'm really looking forward to, I think this is going to be a back-and-forth battle that should be very, very entertaining at Buck Cravey Field. It's the Region 2 AA opener for Vidalia. They host undefeated Jeff Davis, the Yellow Jackets. Entering this game 5-0, they're 1-0 in region play after a big win over Bacon County a week ago. The Yellow Jackets, one of 30 teams in the state, left with a 5-0 record or better. Lindsay, this is a Vidalia team that's come on a little bit in – in their new system under Jenkins, former Jenkins head coach Jason Cameron, came in and, and kind of swapped everything up. This is a Vidalia team that was – they ran the wing tee. They were all about ball control. Jason Cameron came in and said, we're going to go speed, we're going to go fast, we're going to play fast. And now four or five weeks into the season, this Vidalia team seems to be kind of coming on a little bit. Yeah, they're on a two-game winning streak after losing the first two games, and I think part of that is the new system combined with just the weirdness of this year. And uh, you kind of always have those that rust in the first few games anyway. So I think a lot of factors probably contributed to that. 
but it seems like Jason Cameron really has them rolling now, and this is a very good Jeff Davis team. Um, you know, Jenkins was really good last year under Cameron, and I assume uh, he's getting Vidalia heading in the direction that he would like for them to go. So this could be a really fun matchup with Vidalia heating up and Jeff Davis obviously red hot right now. Yeah, and, and the thing to remember, Vidalia also lost their season opener. So they've played one less game. Uh, they had some some COVID issues of their own earlier uh, this season and this offseason. So they're kind of now starting to get into that groove. And I was able to speak with Vidalia head coach Jason Cameron a little bit about that, about how his team is coming on, how they've adapted to this new system. He's always a, a good person to talk to, always very insightful. And uh, I think he was here as well. Here's a quick interview with Vidalia head coach Jason Cameron. Well, coach, your Indians are two and two on the year now on a two-game winning streak. You beat a Richmond Academy team just outside the Class AAA top ten two weeks ago, and then a convincing win over Tattnall County, rushing for nearly 400 yards. How much does it feel like this team is kind of coming along to you? That's exactly that's exactly right. We are coming along pretty good. Um, you know, progressing. Still got a long way to go. Um, you know, it's definitely not going to happen overnight, but it's starting to, you know, click little by little. Uh, we're definitely a lot better, you know, after game four than we were playing game one. And that's pretty much all we're asking for from these kids. You know, it's been a crazy year. It's been a crazy year for everybody, but especially coming to a new program, entirely different scheme offensively and defensively. I'm real proud of the kids, the way that they're kind of running with it and, and really completely bought in, even after an 0-2 start. That was one thing I was going to ask is, is you come to this team with a new scheme, but this is a very experienced team. A lot of guys on your squad have played a lot of high school football. How do you handle that dynamic and asking kids to do something completely new from what they're very used to and, quite frankly, had a lot of success doing? Yeah, I think they were excited about it. You know, I think they were ready to get back, you know, um, you know, coming from Jenkins and understanding the success we had deep into the playoffs and this and that. I think they were excited about the, you know, the change and, and kind of running a scheme that they're, you know, Watch it on Saturdays now. You know, they were a wing tee, and they did it well. And, you know, defensively, they kind of uh, bend but don't break kind of um, solid defense. You know, we're more of attacking and, and, and you know, try to be di- real disruptive. And I think the kids are really excited about it. I'm, I'm most, you know, proud and, and, and thankful for the coaching staff. You know, majority of them stayed with me on staff. You know, I brought two new guys with me. But they're, you know, buying into the system and, and really, you know, eager to learn and teach it to our kids is something that I'm really thankful for. Where can you guys show the most improvement? I know you're going to say everywhere, but but where are this, the, the places specifically you've seen four games in where we really need to improve here if we want to get where we're going? Um, throwing and catching and, and more solid within our pass game, but to be expected. You know, they've had games last year where they didn't, you know, might have attempted one, two, three passes. So, you know, completely expected. we got to improve there, and I think we are. Uh, defensively in the back end and our secondary, we've got to, you know, defend the pass a little bit better. And just overall, like I said, just kind of stay within the scheme, continue to learn the scheme. Um, so I, I know it sounds cliche, and I'm, I am going to say across the board, but um, those two areas I would say like need the most improvement. Have you guys put in everything? Have you, I mean, have you given them 100% of the playbook, or are you kind of easing it in? Not yet, and it's just kind of like, you know, when you say playbook, you know, when you coach high school football, it, it's – is you do what your, your kids are able to do. Uh, you do what they're going to be successful with. And then, you know, as coaches, we try to dress it up. And, and that's pretty much what we're doing. I think we run zone really, really well. I think we run power really well offensively. So we're, you know, that's, that's the cornerstone of our offense right now. So, and that's, that's, you know, 
zone was, you know, something that we ran at Jenkins very well. And it's something that we brought here that we're running very well. But other things are looking a lot different. You know, defensively, we had different fronts in by this time. Maybe a few, you know, we ran a lot of coverages. I don't think people realize that at Jenkins, a lot of different coverages. Um, so are we there yet? No. But, you know, we're looking at what these guys do well. Like, we're not Jenkins, and we don't want to be Jenkins. You know, we want to be Vidalia. And, um, you know, we want to just kind of focus on what these kids do well and put them in a place where they can be successful. Yeah, starting off region play Friday night, hosting Jeff Davis, a 5-0 and team, one of, I think, 14 5-0 teams left in the state. What do you see out of this Yellow Jacket team that, that concerns you? Um, they can run the football. Uh, you know, they're, they're kind of a total opposite of us. Now, we run the football, but we play really at a fast pace. You know, they want to control the clock and, you know, you know milk the clock, and almost sometimes their offense becomes their best defense because they keep the ball away from you. Um, you know, they're real powerful in their run game. Um, I'll tell you, they've done a great job because they've had some injuries and they've just filled some guys in and they haven't missed a beat. So it's a real solid football team and a great test for us to start uh, to start region play. This is an ultra-competitive region. I mean, you look across the board. Jeff Davis was a team last year that went 7-3, and three, didn't make the state playoffs. What can getting, a, a, getting off to a 1-0 start in a region like that do for your team and their confidence? Um, huge, you know, it's huge. And especially Jeff Davis is becoming a little bit of a rivalry with Vidalia. We all know about the, you know, Vidalia Toons game, but even Jeff Davis is sliding in there as a, as a big rivalry game. And that's, that's a testament to them for what they're doing with that program. And Lance Helton's doing a great job. Um, it'll be huge for us, you know, to start off one and oh, beating a five and O team, um, that would, you know, make us win three in a row. And sometimes winning becomes contagious. All of a sudden the mistakes that you made at O and two, those mistakes are gone when you're winning, you get a, you know, a level of confidence and, you know, the kids, you know, feel confident within themselves. You know, sometimes when you're coaching kids, it's, you know, coaches are more confident in them than themselves. They believe in themselves and they believe in themselves. capable of regardless of the outcome on Friday. I still think we're capable of having a successful football team. Good deal. Coach, appreciate the time. Good luck Friday. We'll see you over at Buck Cravey Field as you host Jeff Davis to open up region play. Coach, thanks for the time. Yes, sir. Appreciate you always. Thank you. Lindsay, we're going to be at this game Friday night, and it's possible this game lasts like two hours. These teams are going to run the ball at each other. Vidalia did it last week, 370 yards and a win over Tattnall County. Jeff Davis went for 496 on the ground last week against Bacon County. You are not going to see the ball thrown in the air a whole lot between these two teams, so uh, get to your seats and get there early, and don't blink. This one might be over very, very quickly when Jeff Davis travels over to Vidalia. Another game happening, this one in the low country. Some Skiza play, a rematch of the 2019 Skiza State title game. Bethesda travels to Ridgeland to take on Thomas Hayward. These two teams split last year, but it was the Rebels of Thomas Hayward who took the one that really mattered. They won the state championship game 30-6. to Bethesda took the regular season matchup 28-16. to And Lindsay, this is two really good teams that are that are really experienced and playing really, really well. Bethesda four and three on the year and led by their senior quarterback, Antoine McKay, who's kind of been the do-it-all guy for the Blazers, thrown nine touchdowns, ran for three more. He's put over 1,700 total yards in the books this season. As McKay goes, so go the Blazers, and he's going to be a big key if they want to try to pull the upset over Thomas Hayward Friday night. Yeah, I was at that Skiza State title game last year, and it, it felt closer uh, than the score would indicate. I remember the weather was so terrible. I could dump water out of my rain boots. So hopefully Friday night is better than that. Um, 
You mentioned Antoine McKay. We got to mention my favorite name, I think, in low country football, Brezza Pusha. Brezza Pusha. Great name. 752 receiving yards, nine receiving touchdowns, 398 rushing yards for four rushing touchdowns. Pretty good numbers. Yeah, he, he's been their little uh, a Swiss Army knife for this Rebels team that's won seven straight after dropping their season opener. And and Pache and, and J.R. Patterson in this state title game a year ago, 296 rushing yards, three rushing touchdowns. They were the, the key factor. They were the difference um, in that game a year ago for the state championship. Both of them back again this year. Patterson, the leading rusher for this Rebel team. Pache, the leading receiver. Um THA's got weapons all over the field, and if Bethesda is going to get a win Friday night, they're going to have to slow down not just one of these guys, but probably both of them. Absolutely. Uh, looking forward to that one. I'll be out there, and uh, can't wait to see how it plays out. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun over in Ridgeland. A few others uh, to note, Bacon County traveling to Toombs County, that a region game uh, between the Red Raiders and the Bulldogs. Toombs County coming off a bye week, and they'll open up region play. They're in the top 10 in the Class AA polls. Um, a couple different rankings depending on where you look, but the Bulldogs have played really, really well this year and looking to continue that as they open up region play. And then a game that will probably slide under the radar, but I think has some, some interesting region appeal. Glenn Academy going to South Effingham. The Mustangs winless on the season. Glenn Academy uh, bounce back after the, the loss in the city championship with a win over Bradwell last week. If the Red Terrors can win and beat the Mustangs, they stay right there keeping pace in the region race. You know, that's what Rocky Hidalgo and the Glen Academy team wants to do. So just an interesting one over at the Corral that will have some, some region and possibly state playoff implications. Yep, a lot of games this Friday, it feels like. Like you mentioned, not as many with big implications as we had last week, but you got to get through this week to get to the next. Yeah, a couple regions uh, with scheduled bye weeks this week, just kind of getting that midseason rest. And so uh, not a loaded slate of games, but a, a good number that I'm really looking forward to. I think the end zone tomorrow night is going to be a really fun show. Lindsey Dow and I will have all the scores and highlights for you. I'll be live at uh, Rebel Field in Springfield for our game of the week, Richmond Richmond Hill at Effingham County. And, of course, we're bringing you the scores and highlights from the rest of the games around the area. That's tomorrow night during the end zone. You can catch us at 11.15 during the news at 11. Lindsay, thanks for doing this again. It's always fun. We'll talk to you tomorrow in the end zone. Can't wait for it. It's going to be a blast. For Lindsay, I'm Jake. Thanks for listening, everyone. See ya.